0: simply handling life's challenges are all addressed, teaching you to become your own best coach. Welcome back once again. And today I was kind of fishing around for a topic and I got intrigued with what I might call, or at least a tentative topic, the importance of failure in our lives. And Sometimes we have a tendency to to kind of see things in black and white terms, and we don't recognize that there is benefit sometimes from that which is most dark, and in this case, the failures in our lives. Now, you've probably heard the adage from Nietzsche, what doesn't kill us makes us stronger. What do you think? I mean, do you think this is just like a platitude for, you know, keep your chin up, you know, it's okay. It didn't kill you. You blah, blah, blah. Do you buy that? Do you think that what doesn't kill us makes us stronger? Well, let me tell you what scientists at Northwestern University found. They established a causal relationship between failure and future success. And they found that contrary to their initial expectations, Failure early in one's career leads to greater success in the long term. But here's the rub. They found it was success for those who tried again. You know, my mother used to always say to me, whenever I'd get frustrated, she would say, if at first you don't succeed, try, try again. And it just, you know, it grates at you. But, but, you know, she was right. If you come back at something that you failed at, there is that potentiality of getting beyond that quote unquote failure. So speaking of those who tried again, did you know that, that Walt Disney was fired from the Kansas City Star because his editor felt he, read, he lacked imagination and he had no good ideas, right? So go tell that to Mickey Mouse. What about Stephen King? Stephen King's first novel, Carrie, was rejected by 30 publishers. One told him that negative utopias do not sell. Well, old Stephen took that first manuscript and threw it in the trash. Luckily, his wife retrieved it and uh, convinced him to have another go at it. What about Oprah? Oprah Winfrey. On one of her first jobs on TV, it ended abruptly when the producer decided she was unfit for television. I wonder where this guy is right now, huh? About Colonel Sanders. We all know that Kentucky fried chicken, right? At least we do here in the States. And at age 62, the Colonel, with $105 of a social security check in his pocket, he pitched his chicken recipe to various restaurants. 1,009 rejected him. And today, many years after his death, Kentucky Fried Chicken is surviving and doing quite well. Thomas Edison, we all know Thomas Edison, the great inventor. Menlo Park, I'm going to get to that museum one of these days here in New Jersey. Thomas Edison's teachers told him he was too stupid to learn anything. Speaking of which, let me tell you my story. Well, my story began in high school with a fated meeting with my guidance counselor. My mother had set up an appointment for she and I to meet with Mr. M, saving his name, since he is now deceased, and I will preserve his anonymity. And my mother looked at Mr. M and said, we'd like to discuss Joe's plans for college. He looked at her, then he looked at me. He looked back at my mother and he said, don't waste your money. (laughs) True story. So that was it. So we walked out of that meeting. I'm not sure how it affected me, but I know it affected me. And after high school, I got a job at a local bank. and. I was loading trucks. I was microfilming checks. See, we had to start clearing out the checks in the bank from 100 years prior because now we had microfilm, this wonderful invention that kids today have no idea what it is. But we would microfilm these checks on a -a Rekodak machine, load up these boxes, and then load up a truck, take it to the Hackensack incinerator, which was this kind of dante-esque hole in the ground in this building and flames would shoot up this was about an 18 foot diameter hole and we would unload box by box and throw them into the incinerator and then go back to the bank photograph some checks do it again and do it so i was loading trucks and i had a lot of time because when you get to the incinerator you'd have to wait in line for the other trucks to go and unload and incinerate their cargo so there I was saying, well, I've got a lot of time here. And I'm not sure how I got to the point, but something or someone told me about night school. There was a local, local college nearby, and they had offerings at night. And I had plenty of time to study during the day. So I took two courses, one in biology and one in psychology. I'm not really sure why psychology, but I know biology. I was very interested in things biological. And psychology just sounded rather cool. Something drew me to it. So I took my first venture into academia. And shortening shortening this story a bit, I got two A's in both classes. Now, this was a contradiction for me, because after my meeting with Mr. M., I never really thought of myself as academically capable. Quite the contrary. I thought of myself as an academic failure. And I had to wrestle with that fact. I mean, how was it that someone who was such a uh, misfit in high school could actually accomplish getting good grades in college? Didn't make much sense. but. It was the start of my decision that maybe, just maybe, Mr. M was wrong. Maybe I could. I went to college, graduate school, et cetera. And I've had over 45 successful years in private practice as a psychologist. I've sold over a quarter of a million books. And whether it was the late Mr. M who was to thank, You know what i can't say at least i could say probably was catalytic that he lit a fire a fire of tenacity in me i i guess that's true and i guess at this point you know may he rest in peace well (laughs) if i'm being honest with you may he rotten well i won't go there that's not nice but but you can see I haven't got to the point of thanking him for lighting that fire now I have to be somewhat open to the fact that maybe and this is for me this is a stretch maybe mr m knew exactly what he was doing hmm maybe he realized that i needed that fire now i could give him that courtesy i don't think it's true but, but But nevertheless, that was my story of my early failure. And it kind of reminds me of a song by Johnny Cash. Have you ever heard the song, A Boy Named Sue? Well, it's a a song about this drunken father who names his boy Sue. And Sue goes through life wherever he walks into a bar and they ask him his name. And he says, my name is Sue. And he gets into fist fight after fight, and, and it just haunts him and travels with him through life. And he curses his father for calling, naming him Sue, and it goes on and on and on. And at the end, he there's a kind of a reconciliation with his father in the song. And one of the verses that was really, I think, to, the, to our point today is the father, and he said, son, this world is rough. And if a man's gonna make it, he's gotta be tough and i knew i wouldn't be there to help you along so i give you that name and i said goodbye and i knew you'd have to get tough or die it's that name that helped to make you strong so maybe maybe mr m was calling me sue <laughs> but but I, but I, I didn't write a song about it so a boy named Sue, check it out. It's a great it's a great song. Now not every story has extraordinary changes, you know based on failure to success, you know that Horatio Alger rags to riches. Sometimes, you know it's small setbacks, you know perceived failures. These things can derail us from our initial intentions. You know, like not getting that job, you know, apply to that job, you didn't get it. You were rejected. You go home and you feel like a failure. How about getting rejected on a date? Oh, such horrible things, right? What about being prevented from pursuing your dreams because of circumstances? Not enough money, maybe physical disabilities. Things that prevent us, things that make us feel like we can't be successful. We can only fail. Or simply the work of insecurity that leaves you with a perception of low self-esteem, saying, I can't, it's too hard. So we we create our own sense of failure, sometimes just based on our perception of self. But when it comes to success failure, you know, more often than not, it's especially with a slumping life. You know, this is the result of our identifying with failure. And when we identify with failure, we we are lowering that bar of expectation. Rather than pulling out of our slump, we tend to limit ourselves as to what can be done. I remember once I had a, a young man, a patient, he was a college student. And he was really distraught because he... He had flunked out of college. So we were meeting, and uh, during our first meeting, he said, you know, I'm really depressed. I'm such a failure. And I said, well, what do you mean you're a failure? He says, well, I flunked out of college. I said, okay, so that means you're a failure. He says, well, that's what it means. I failed. I flunked out of college. I'm a failure. But you see, there it was. I'm a failure. So I asked him the question. I said, well, OK, let's. I want you to suspend your negativity for a minute and, and ask yourself, what if I were to go back to college and succeed? Would, would you still be a failure? And he said, no, of course not. Then I would be a success. So I said, well, which is it? You know, you were just telling me that you are a failure. And now you're saying in this hypothetical that if you were to succeed, you would no longer be a failure. So you see the relativity of success-failure in our own minds. If, in fact, you identify with being a failure, well, you become a failure. And that's the danger of identifying with our mishaps, with our failure. so you you always need to be careful because when we have these these moments of setback, also known as failure, when we have these moments, it's it's almost like insecurity just gloms on. And insecurity will you know start wringing its hands, saying, "Oh, you can't do this," and it's so terrible." And and, and you start to develop that low self-esteem, the I can't do such and such. So insecurity, it will convince you that you can't. And it's it becomes quite habituated. You see, once you identify with insecurity and, in, and identify with this sense of failure, then that becomes your habit of perception. And then you start making choices based on that habit. Choices that protect you, you know, because insecurity, it's always geared toward controlling life. And if you are convinced that you are a failure and insecurity has you in that kind of habit, uh, habit loop of thinking that way, then of course you're going to protect yourself and you're not going to venture out too far or get yourself too excited about something that you perceive won't happen. So you hold yourself back. Maybe you accept the job that you really hate. Maybe you just hunker down and just kind of pull yourself back from any adventurous life choices, and you more or less limit yourself. Now, why? Well, because insecurity is ostensibly trying to protect you from future failure from being upset you know it's it's really coddling you and you become insecurity's child you know i call it the child reflex and when we are cowering from life itself and when insecurity is steering then the expectations that you have for life become muted so you have to readjust according to insecurities. now prognostication. Insecurity wants you to just hold back, to, to not go forward, to not find that potential for success. Because according to insecurity, that potential is wrought with potholes and dangers. So you pull yourself back, you find a safe position, counting beans, and you start to slump in life. And you go from day to day feeling meaningless and purposeless, And you keep asking the question, is that all there is? And you don't have an answer. Because every day you wake up and do the same thing. So it's a sense of arrested development. You've arrested your potential. And that's a horrible thing. A slumping life is a life where you haven't yet hit your mark. You know, when we we shoot an arrow... And we let that arrow fly. Well, sometimes it it flies not anywhere near the target. But sometimes we hit that target. And it's very important to know what that target is. And this is where I say that intuitive factor, what, what you flow with, what feels right. Now, not everything that you love Let's say you love to sketch or you love to draw. That doesn't mean you're going to be another da Vinci. You know, it's, it's, it's not necessarily the avenue that's going to give you the most fulfillment. However, it can be in the ballpark of what fulfills you. You need to understand that ability, and capability, and interest, and desire, and most importantly, tenacity. They're all related to success. Now, if you ask me, one of the things that I'd say is the critical component would be that the last thing I just mentioned, tenacity. And what is tenacity? Well, it's just not quitting. Now, there are hurdles and hurdles and hurdles. But well go back to my story when i when I took those two night courses, I didn't have, you know, any idea how to study, but I just was tenacious. I got this highlighter and I started underlining and dog earing different pages and reviewing and writing. And I, I became a studier. I became, and in college, I found that over time, I became more efficient as a student. What used to take me hours and hours and hours when I was a freshman took me much less because I was able to glean more of the highlights from a lecture instead of taking down every word and trying so hard. So sometimes we evolve with our intentions. And that's where tenacity comes in. Because you can't, you can't just start something and just say, ah, this doesn't work. And then you throw up your hands and before you know it, you've just abandoned something that may have been your target. So what are the real targets that we need to be aiming at? Well, that's for you to find. That's where the tenacity comes in. But if you are in a slumping life and you're not happy, okay, what do you learn from your slumping life? What are you doing to advance and find your target? Or how is insecurity impeding that quest? Now, sometimes you hear people say, oh, I don't know, I'm too old much water under the bridge, all that kind of stuff. but remember Colonel Sanders started at sixty two with hundred and five dollars in his pocket. Uh, it's not age. it really isn't it's it's really about understanding that you have all the time you need to be what you need to be. That's a better attitude. Don't limit yourself by faulty criteria, by insecurities drumbeat, that it's too late, it's too, it's too hard. I have to blah, 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 blah. Dust yourself off. Take a look at what you need and be reasonable, be practical. I mean, certainly you don't have to uh, shoot for things that are unrealistic, but, but maybe you need to shift that target a little bit or a lot, and begin to recognize why not. Why not? It's got to be a way, and with tenacity and with a resilient attitude, why can't you find what you need? So you need to find your metal. And what's your metal? Well, that's that's where you just dig in and decide that this is your life you go around one time in life it's not a dress rehearsal and you need to carve out what kind of life it's going to be whatever stage you're at now sometimes you have to be patient if you're a parent with two little children running around well sometimes you know you do have to be patient and it's not the time to find your target but that doesn't mean you can't prepare. That doesn't mean you can't have the expectation of where you want to be. And you could begin the implementation process before pulling the trigger. So it really, it, there is always a way. You know, I always love my, my favorite metaphor is If you can't get in the front door, try the side door. And if you can't get in the side door, try the back door. And if you can't get in the back door, go through, a way. there's always a way. But you just can't be deterred if the front door is locked. So find your way, find your mettle. Don't be afraid of setbacks and failure because we learn and we can embrace failure. We can embrace setbacks. And these can really be instrumental in pointing us more toward what we need to be to fulfill our own destiny. And remember, we're all on this ride together. We only have the years that we have. And it may seem like there's not enough years, but like I said, there's always enough time. Insecurity says there isn't, but there's enough time. There's enough time to be happy. Just maybe, just maybe there's more happiness and meaning that you can derive, that you can squeeze out of life and make happen. I hope you do. So visit my website, selfcoaching.net, where you can learn more about my self-coaching philosophy. And I do hope you'll look at all my books that are there, but particularly my latest book, Unlearning Anxiety and Depression. And the reason I chose that title was because my perception is that anxiety and depression are learned habits of insecurity. And all habits are learned and all habits can be unlearned, including anxiety and depression. So visit my website. You'll learn a little bit more. And until next time, remember that being victimized by emotional struggle is not an option. And by definition, victims are powerless and you are not powerless. So remember, everything is hard until you make it simple. So join me every week. And How about we make it Believe simple yourself, together? Reach out for your dreams. Don't surrender, there is more than it seems. Hold on and fight. Follow your heart. This is your way. Life is what you make of it. Believe in yourself. Reach out for your dreams.